Welcome to Reframed, a podcast created to educate, encourage, and inspire parents and professionals. The research is clear. Parenting a child that has a history of loss, abuse, neglect, or trauma requires parenting skills and insight to be reframed. We partner with child welfare experts to bring you evidence-based and research-driven information. Guests strive to make an impact on our world by creating conversations about topics that are important to you, your family, and our communities. Hey there, and thanks for tuning in. I'm Tiffany Anderson, and this is another episode of Reframed. Joining us today is Gladney's own and my coworker, Lindsay Garrett, licensed clinical social worker who has a Master of Science in Social Work with a focus on children and families with more than 10 years of experience in the adoption arena. Lindsay's job has a sole focus on parenting readiness. Lindsay published her first book titled Parent Goals, The Millennial's Guide to New Parent Preparedness, which drops on November the 16th, but can be pre-ordered today. Welcome, Lindsay, and thanks for being here. Uh, Thank you for having me, Tiffany. I'm so excited to be talking with you. Yes, likewise. So I really want to talk about before becoming a parent, I have always heard the cliche that there is no manual for parenting. Although after reading a good portion of your book, I have realized that may not be the case if we look at things from a more psychological versus social framework. Do you really think a person is truly ever prepared to become a parent? Oh, truly prepared. No, I don't think that's possible. (laughs) Really, because as humans, we're also unpredictable. So, and children even more so. And if we don't know what we're really up against, it's impossible to be fully prepared. However, I think you can establish a structure or a framework to help guide you along the way. Thinking about things like what are your parenting values? What's important to you? What is your history? How were you parented? What have you learned about parenting along the way and your experiences? What are all the pieces of your own parenting puzzle? And then that becomes the beginning of your framework. Nice. Now, do you think there's a roadmap that prioritizes where to beginning preparing? I think really everything begins with you. We focus so much on getting ready for the baby, learning about babies, but so much of what you're doing as a parent comes from from inside of you and your experiences. So doing some inner work and exploring things in yourself is really a great place to start. That is so true. I'm a mother and trust me, there are a lot of times I've had to dig deep into, you know, a little introspection to really understand who I am and how to be a parent. Now, what I want to mention is that your book packs compelling data on birth rates over generations. Even more astounding and where I had really my aha moment is when you mention where our parents considered this life stage, quote unquote, having kids, we are, quote unquote, becoming parents. That is incredibly powerful. Um, Share more about that theory or your ideation behind that statement. Yes, I really feel like this is so true. I think for our parents' generation, you know, us being millennials, most of our parents are either Gen X or potentially boomers. 
having kids for them was just the next step in the stage of life. So you meet somebody, you get married, and then you have kids. It's just what you do. But our generation has so many more options because of the way that society and really technology has developed. You can have a kid by yourself. You can have a kid without getting married. You can wait until you're older and have science help you and it might work. (laughs) It has really become an intentional decision rather than just the next stop on the conveyor belt of life that maybe it was for our parents. And then adding in, if you're LGBTQ plus couple, it's even more so an intentional decision because you can't just stumble into it. You have to really work to get there. And because of that, I think we make parenting a much bigger piece of our identities that our parents didn't do. And sometimes if we're not careful, it can become our whole identity and we almost lose ourselves in it. Wow. That's so incredibly true. And I'll tell you, you mentioned there are so many options. Um, There are a lot of obstacles. But what I love about your book is that you're really helping people to see the opportunity in the difficulty versus the difficulty in the opportunity. And I think that parenting in so many ways is really an opportunity, Um, you know, especially when you look at future generations and the impact that we want to make as people. It kind of goes into the parenting. But I love that you talk about how not necessarily that you could lose yourself, but you could, you know, somehow just become just that one thing. And that's a parent versus the individual that you are before walking in as a parent. Um, So, that is one of the fears that I think a lot of people have and maybe a a misconceived notion. But what I want you to do is let's talk about these fears leading up to parenting. Your book holds up to the objective of preparing parents. I can definitely say that. I enjoyed reading those quotes throughout the book, which were quoting real parents and real statements. Um, It wasn't the fluff that I normally see in those how to become a parent 101 (laughs) books. What are some ways for new or those considering parenting to face those fears of the unknown? Yes, fears, so many fears around the unknown and change always. And I feel like becoming a parent is the ultimate unknown because you just you can't know until you get there fully and it's also irreversible like there are no take backs which adds to the pressure (laughs) but naming your fears is so so powerful and helping to face them one of the phrases we use with the kiddos that we work with especially as with a history of trauma is name it to tame it which uh, we talk about referencing more when they're feeling big emotions of naming those emotions and getting them out. And really that concept is taking things out of the shadows and into the light, you know, name it to tame it, saying it out loud, take it, takes away some of its power. And also I think talking to those who've been there. So if you have people in your life that are new parents or even your parents, you know, talking to people that you know who have had that experience and hearing about the real lived experience, or even there are several really good social media accounts now that are exploring that real experience of parenthood. I've 
think people are talking about the real world of parenting more than we ever had before. I think that's one of the benefits of our generation's need to overshare. But it helps to know what it what the experience is really like, because when we don't know what experience is like, we tend to just make it up in our heads. For me, knowledge always decreases my fear. That's part of why I wrote a book about preparing for parent. <laughs> but that's where knowing yourself is important. So for some people, too much information might be overwhelming. Uh, I had friends that read what to expect when you're expecting, and it totally freaked them out (laughs) because it was like every tiny thing that could ever happen. But I read it and it was so helpful because I wanted to know all the things. So if you know that too much information is overwhelming to you, then maybe just talk to a person like a friend or a family member to talk about their experience and ask questions, uh, Therapy, I'm very biased because I'm a therapist, but therapy is also always a great tool in your toolbox. The number one reason that people seek therapy is a transition time in life. And what's a bigger transition than parenthood? Well, it is a mountain with lots of peaks and valleys. (laughs) But, you know, a lot of the things that you mentioned is oversharing can be overwhelming, but it, it can also be so helpful. Um, when I think of two people, I think of immediately the couple. And, you know, you mentioned mentioning the name it to tame it. Well, the first thing I would do is sit down with my spouse or partner and figure out, okay, these are my fears. Now, what are your fears? So for a variety of reasons, I can only imagine that two individuals may not be on the same timeline when it comes to parenting. What steps would you recommend to those couples struggling to get on one accord without rushing the other to face their fears of parenting? And then from your experience, does compromise have a high success rate? <laughs> Oof, those are two very big questions. Let's tackle the first one first, which is kind of an extension of, I would really encourage them to get their thoughts out in the open. We can't tackle what we don't talk about. If your partner doesn't know about a fear, how are they supposed to help you with it? It also, I think in a intimate relationship, sharing your fears really helps share that burden. You're not the only one carrying it. There's an exercise actually that we do in home studies with potential adoptive parents, where we ask them to rate their desire to adopt from one to 10, one being the lowest, 10 being the highest. And that's an exercise that anyone can do if they're talking about potentially becoming parents, uh, as partners, you can do this together, or you can even maybe write down your numbers and then, you know, flip over your paper at the same time. And then talk about the reasons behind your ratings. If a lot of times I get adopted parents who say they're an 11, so they're like ready to go, but sometimes they might be an eight or a seven. And then my follow-up is what's keeping you from being a 10? Like what's holding you back? What do you feel you need to have in place before you become a parent? And those reasons might be things that are realistic. Maybe they're financial security or your house being more organized or living in a place that you feel like is a good place to raise children. But they also might be barriers that you're putting up for a deeper reason. So naming those things and then kind of analyzing them a bit. Like, are they things that are 
realistic that we can accomplish and do that will help me feel ready? Or am I avoiding this somehow? And then I would highly, highly recommend that any couple who's having conflict around this to seek a therapist as a neutral party to help them navigate. Those conversations are so emotional and we all come with our own like thoughts and baggage and history and they can just get so tricky so fast. So that's a great, a great reason to seek a therapist to help you with those conversations. And then uh, your question about compromise. I don't, I haven't had a lot of experience with that. So that's a hard one for me to answer. I would think that this is a hard thing to compromise on as a couple, depending on where you're at, because it's not just, you know, how do you load the dishwasher or where are we going to go on vacation? It's this thing that we're committing to for the rest of our lives. So you really kind of have to be both in agreement about how you want to dive into that and what you're committing to. That's a great point. It's a lifelong commitment, a lifelong journey. It's not just, it's so much more than just making a decision and moving on it. It's something that you both have to really look at building for the future, you know, and if it's something that really makes sense for you both in that moment in time. So not only is decision-making hard, apparently, <laughs> but undoubtedly parenting is hard, especially when we consider many of us are still working on personal development, which you've just mentioned. Um, and quite frankly, exploring who we are as parents, how do we parents, or even those thinking of becoming a parent, recognize our own triggers and keep them from interfering with our ability to parent? Yes, I think this is a struggle for every parent. And something I think you can think about ahead of time, but a lot of times we don't realize what those triggers are until we're in it. And our kid does something and we have a really big reaction to it. <laughs> so I would say self-awareness is really key in becoming aware of your triggers and then recognizing them. Even knowing the concept is a great place to start. You know, you've discovered a trigger for yourself when your reaction to something is disproportionate to the situation. Like if you totally lose it over something like your kid leaving their shoes in the middle of the hall. Another good sign is if you're all worked up about something, but your partner isn't, it really bothers you, but they don't care. Then you know that you've hit on something that is specifically something that you struggle with. And then once you recognize that moment, you can reflect on where is that coming from? You know, wow, I really lost it back there. What was that about? <laughs> uh, going back to our shoe example, maybe you grew up in a house where everything had to be in its place, or maybe you have this internal belief that a messy home means you're failing as a parent, or maybe you were just having a hard day and you needed a break and you were overwhelmed. But in all of those instances, you're asking yourself, what's underneath that reaction? And then eventually, as you practice it, you'll get to a place where you can tell yourself, oh, yes, you know, here's my trigger. Here it is again. And work on staying calm in the moment, even when you, you totally want to lose it. And uh, you have to have a lot of grace for yourself, too, because we're all works in progress. And there's no way 
that you're going to get this right all the time. It's just not possible. But it is something we can be aware of and work on as parents. So doodly noted, losing it over shoes left in a hallway is disproportionate behavior, and I will stop it today. <laughs> now, obviously, I need to dive deeper into your book. Um, and speaking of it, it is really an open door to not only understanding, but learning what to do to prepare for parenthood. And it's not even in preparation for parenthood, but it's even for us parents that are in knee deep um, and really need a little bit more guidance to get us back on track or to get us, you know, headed in the right direction or new direction. Um, your book includes summaries after each section and activities of reflection. Do you have a favorite section of your book you wish readers would pay most attention to? I love that question. And it really made me think about because during the like writing and editing process, I probably read this book 20 times at this point. <laughs> and so it made me think about what, what section or area did I never get tired of? What was so interesting when I read it for the 20th time? And I think the discipline section has really become my favorite. All of the science that now exists on child development and brain functioning that wasn't just flat out wasn't there for our parents and how the way we interact with our kids actually grows their brain is endlessly amazing and fascinating to me. And then combining that with exploring your own experience with your parents and what you bring to the table as well as what baggage you might want to shed from your childhood. It all comes together into this beautiful opportunity to guide your child and how really to be a human in a broken world. And at the same time, healing your own hurts as a parent. It is bittersweet and challenging sometimes, but also holds so much hope for us and, and for the future, which I think is something we all need right now. So true. But I like that you mentioned hope in a broken world. And sometimes it's not just us who's broken, you know, it's all that's around us. Um, I love that you kind of create this community, uh, a safe haven, if you will, through the book of, you know, seeking guidance from those that are in the trenches with you, you don't feel alone. Um, a lot of the things that you've mentioned in your book are even suitable for me, and I'm a mom. I've begun to implement some of these conversations um, in my home, and it's been helpful. Um, so if there's anything, I know that you mentioned your section and a lot of self-help um, opportunities, but what is like that piece of advice that you would give to the veterans listening? I would say... Honestly, kind of going back to the beginning of our conversation is everything starts with you. So often as parents, we're, we focus on our child and society really tells us to, right? Do it all for the kids, sacrifice yourself, put the children first. But in practice, that doesn't really work. We end up burning out. You have to actually focus on yourself as their parent, as the foundation of the house or the captain of the ship. When I'm working with parents, I often say, you're the captain of the ship called your family. And if you go down, the whole ship is going down. What you bring to the table directly affects your child. 
And that's why knowing your history and caring for yourself as a parent are incredibly important, no matter how old your kids are. And I think that's the biggest takeaway for any parent is it starts with you. We've talked about this book all, you know, for a good bit. And I think it's time to tell people how to get this book, how to get a copy, um, but most importantly, how to connect with you. I know you've got social media handles um, and all sorts of ways for people to connect. So I don't know if you want to share some of those handles and ways that they can uh, pre-order a copy of your book. Yes, I would love to. So you can pre-order a copy at Amazon or Barnes and Noble, or if you like to support local bookstores, uh, bookshop and indie bound and then uh, it will be widespread available in bookstores and online uh, starting November 16th and as far as where you can find me I'm mostly on Instagram I'm an elder millennial so I'm resistant to a lot of social media uh, like TikTok I can't I can't do the tick the ticker talkers and, but my handle on Instagram is Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-C-M Garrett. And I'm sure it'll be in the show notes as well. And then you can also visit my website, which is lindsaygarrettlcsw.com. And I also am going to have the pleasure of doing a Gladden University training in January on doing a deeper dive on determining your discipline and parenting style. If um, those that are listening found that interesting, we'll be going much deeper into that in that training in January. I bet that's going to be a great continued conversation with you, Lindsay. And thanks so much for joining us today and helping us to reframe the conversation on parenthood preparedness. Your insight and expertise have been awesome but most importantly has really helped us to explore ways to approach parenthood with ease. Thanks for listening to Reframed. Visit gladneyuniversity.org to access the show notes and learn about upcoming trainings at Gladney University. We'd love your feedback, so please rate, review, and subscribe. Until next time.